Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Yona Desm. Yona Desm began her professional career in education as a certified teaching assistant and academic coordinator, and after teaching, she transitioned into what would be a 15-year career in publicity as serving as an associate director of publicity and one of the largest publishers in the world, Simon & Schuster. She has conceived and executed strategic publicity plans for a number of high-profile clients that include New York Times bestseller authors Bishop T.E. Jakes, rapper-actor Common, Taraji P. Henson, Zane, Charlie Wilson, George Clinton, Alice Walker, Sister Soldier, Kevin Hart, and a host of other literary entertainment luminaries. In August of 2021, she entered a new chapter in her career with the establishment of her very own company, Riverchild Media, a public relation firm specializing in the promotion of books by and for authors of color. So join us today as we sit down with Ms. Desm and she tells us all about her journey and how life got in the way along the way. All right, everyone, you ready? All right, let's go. so excited to have you on as a special guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Great, great, great. All right. I love having fellow literary people on as guests, whether they are writers, publishers, editors. Um, We all have that shared experience of this writer's journey and the writer's journey in some capacity. We've all experienced the joys and pains and the rewards of this rewarding yet arduous journey known as writing. So um, like I said, I feel like everyone that I have as guests who have been in that realm are very like kindred spirits to me. So I'm always excited to have those uh, literary people on the podcast. So the podcast is called Life Got in the Way. And as you know, just like um, many others, you've I'm sure you've had experiences and moments where for you life got in the way. So I just want to kind of give you that opportunity to just talk to us a little bit. Give us a little background about you and, you know, and and just tell us a little bit about where you are, what your journey is. And I'm going to give you, I'm giving you free reign. Free reign. Oh, girl. Free reign. You giving the publicist free reign, girl. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That's like, you know, giving somebody a microphone. You're not going to get it back. You know that, right? You're not going to get it back. Right. Just let you know now. Um, God, you know, there's so much I could say. Um, I guess I can, you know, kind of, you know, start talking about, um, my journey as a publicist and, you know, getting into publishing. Um, I started out as a teacher. I was working at a residential treatment center here in Rockland County where I live. And I was working with young women from 13 to 18 from the juvenile justice foster care and PINS system. 
And I did that for nine years and I loved it. You know, it was a very, very challenging job, but I felt like I found my purpose at the time. Cause I, I mean, no, if anybody would have told me then that I was, that I would have been an educator or a counselor, I don't like, no, no, that that's not where my mind was. My sister basically just called me one day cause she was a social worker and she was working at this residential treatment center. And she was like, Hey, you know, they are looking for um, substitute teaching assistants. It's like 15 bucks an hour. And, you know, it's working with, you know, with, um, with kids and you're great at that. You know, it's, it's easy money. So I was like, Oh, okay. Cause I always had a knack for um, working with young people. You know, it was, it was, it's always been my superpower. So mm. um, I, you know, applied and they were like, Hey, yeah. You know, cause they, they were de in desperate need of substitutes. You know, um, I had no idea the kids were going to be as challenging as they were. You didn't know whether you were going to get good morning or a chair whizzing over your head. Right. It oh, was, oh, yeah. Yes. It was that kind of, you know, place. Cause you know, it was, you know, young ladies and young men who basically born from trauma. It, it was every heartbreaking story you've ever heard, you've ever seen on TV. You know, I, I lived it. You know, these kids, you know, uh, deceased parents, parents dying of AIDS, you know, parents, you know, who were drug addicts, alcoholics, um, uh, um, child molesters, uh, criminals, you know, young mothers, I mean, every stereotypical thing, you know, you, you could um, think of and every sad story that you could think of. You know, I, I used to tell people that, you know, there is, there's very little that surprises me anymore in terms of people and what they do and how they, you know, treat their children and how they traumatize young people because I saw it all there. I saw it all, the good, bad, the ugly and the uglier, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, when I started working there and started working more closely, you know, with the students, I, you know, originally started as a, a substitute teaching assistant. And then um, I realized I really liked it. And then, um, you know, of course, at the time I was young, I was in my 20s. I'm, I'm, I'm about making that, you know, making that bad. So um, I started working in the house as that. a counselor. <laughs> Yes, girl. So mm. I was like, ooh, I can make money. And at the time, <laughs> the residential treatment center where I was working was like the highest paid in the county. Mm. So that was like the most money, you know, that I had made in my in entire life at that point, you know, because I kind of dropped out of college. I really wasn't sure what I really wanted to do, you know, and, you know, I, I was making money. So I was like, okay, this is great. But I grew to love it. You know, I grew to... Um, get a really a, a genuine loving connection with the young ladies um, that I started working with. So over time, um, I did both. I did the substitute teaching uh, during the day between the hours of eight and three, and then I would do the counseling, you know, later on in that evening. So I was, little, I was working around the clock. I was young, you know, I was, I was yeah. young and hungry. And <laughs> yes. then um, I did that for about a year. And then the following year, a permanent spot opened up um, in terms of being a teaching assistant. And I immediately took it. And then, you know, I, I realized that I was just good at it. You know, I was good at relating to the young ladies. I was able to see them in ways that many were not able to, you know, especially those who had, you know, PhDs and MSWs and, you know, all types of letters before and after their name. 
you know, I had, there was just something, I guess, inside of me. And, and I believe that it's a gift from God where I was able to really reach, you know, these young ladies. And I did that, you know, for nine years. And, you know, I believe that when it's, when, when you are changing direction or when God wants you to change direction, he creates certain scenarios, you know, for you. Um, I had worked there right. nine years. Yeah, I'd worked there for nine years. And towards the end, I have to say I was unhappy. You know, the, it was just, I mean, the place, it was like a patent place. You know, there was just so much s- stuff going on. You had, you know, uh, um, people that weren't qualified, you know, to really supervise teachers, supervising teachers. You had people that were in high positions, dating staff. It was just, I mean, it was really, it was really like a soap opera there. And I, mm-hmm. I was becoming unhappy and I had um, lost my tenure because I, you know, I became a tenure teaching assistant and I was a fierce advocate for the kids. So, you know, I, my mouth was always open and they didn't like that. You know, I was a, oh, a black, oh, I'm sure. okay. I was a mm-hmm. black woman advocating for black and brown children in a school that was basically run by white people. And mm-hmm. they did not like the fact that I was very vocal, always respectful, but very vocal about, you know, them utilizing our, our children as guinea pigs. And they didn't like that. So when I, um, you know, in, in, the, in, in the interim, um, I decided to go back to school and get my degree in education. You know, because like I said, it just, I felt like I found my rhythm and I found my calling and purpose. So I went and got, you know, my degree in education. And then I, um, took over my own classroom. In so doing, I lost my tenure as a teaching assistant and started my tenure track now as an academic coordinator or teacher. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately for me, the administration um, basically set it up um, where they, let's just say they created an environment where I just couldn't succeed. No matter what I try to do, no matter how well I related to the kids, no matter how my my students thrived um, in my classroom, they created an environment where they were setting me up to fail. So um, before the end of the year, they basically terminated my my contract. You know, trying to ruin my career. It was it was basically payback for all those years that I was checking folk. You you were vocal, so I was. Yes, I was very. We'll silence you. Mm. Exactly. So stories like that, right? Right. (laughs) So I always believe, like I said before, that um, when when God is ready to um, send you in a different direction, or when it's time to pivot, certain things come and and happen. And a lot of times, it's it, it comes when you don't expect it, and sometimes you don't even know where he, she wants you to go. So when I lost my position there, I realized that I did not want to go into another classroom. You know, by that time I was burnt out. I was jaded. Um, and the way that they terminated my employment, they did it in such a way that it was going to make it very difficult for me to get another teaching gig somewhere else. So about a week after I lost my job, I broke my ankle. I was at my sister's house and I broke my ankle. So now I was without a job. Oh no. <laughs> and in a lot of pain, had to have surgery and everything. Oh. But 
I had a lot of time to think because they say that when God speaks to you, sometimes he makes you still. And Mm -hmm. for the first time, I was still. I was truly, truly still. And I just started listening, you know, to the inner God. So I started, you know, saying, okay, you know, what do you want to do? So I was on my my school's website and I saw um, publishing certificate program. And I was like, oh, publishing. That's not, that's nothing. I, it's not a job or career that I ever saw myself doing. I mean, I was a writer and, um, I was like, oh, you know, this is something, you know, I, I, I could do, you know? So I took the classes and I remember I ran into a professor and he asked me, um, so you want to go into publishing? Like, you know, where, you know, what, what area in publishing do you want to go into? And of course I, you know, proudly sat up and said, <laughs> I would like to be an editor. I okay. want to discover the next Alice Walker and Toni Morrison. And I said it with such conviction, girl, such conviction. <laughs> and guess what? He did exactly what you just did. He laughed. And I said, okay. Aww. Now, you know, I, I did that typical, you know, rolled my neck and, mm-hmm. you know, did all of that. And was like, why are you laughing? What's so funny? And he said, oh, calm down, calm down, girl. He said, because <laughs> um, I, no, seriously, because I'm telling you, I rolled my, the, the neck, rolled the eyes, all that typical stereotypical reaction mm-hmm. from a sister came out of me, out of me that day because I was done. And he said, no, 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 no. It's like, I don't mean it, you know, offensively. He said, he said, you have way too much personality to be an editor. He said, publicity. Oh, that's where you need to go. Okay. He was right. I see. Mm. He was right. He was definitely right. So that began my journey um, in becoming a publicist. And I did this great um, internship at, uh, it was Jericho Communications. It's it's since closed, but this was, you know, we're, we're talking almost 20 years ago. And I did my internship and then I took my, got my first uh, publicity job at what was then Warner Books. And then from Warner Books, I went over to HarperCollins where I had, you know, the amazing experience of working with um, Gilda Squire, who is a publicist extraordinaire. She taught me everything I know. Yes, yes. And if I am half the publicist she is, you know, I'll die That's it. Yes, you're just like, you made it. (laughs) I made it. I made it. You know, she really helped to shape who I was, you know, as a publicist. And um, I will always be grateful to her for giving me a chance because, you know, what people didn't realize is that I was a lot older going into publishing. So, because I started out as an assistant at, I was in my early 30s at that point. And that's unheard of in publishing. Usually by the time you're in your early 30s, you're going into like, director, you know, position. Cause a lot of people, when they start, you know, in publishing, they're like right out of college, 21, 22. So by the time you're in your early thirties, you're already heading towards, you know, directorship. And here mm-hmm. I was starting at, uh, as, as an assistant, but I always was very young at heart. So I don't think people realized how old I really was. And plus, you know, we're black don't crack. So I also yes. look very young <laughs> as well. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and you know, and it was just, it was just, 
you know, like um, Paulo Coelho says in The Alchemist, you know, when you when you discover, you know, what your personal legend is um, and, 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 you know, your whatever your destiny is, the universe conspires, you know, to make it happen for you. And I and I honestly believe that, you know, it just seemed that the minute that I, I decided to step into publicity, door after door after door opened for me, you know, wow, um, that's amazing. Really, re- honestly, I, I, because I can't tell you a time when um, anybody has ever hired a 30-year-old or 30, I think I was 32 at the time, year old assistant. It, it, I'm telling you, Nikki, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. Um, but it did for me. And that's how mm-hmm. I know that I was exactly where I needed to be. You know, so I went from working with Guilds at HarperCollins and had the, you know, I worked with her on a lot of really big campaigns um, and got a chance to work with uh, Lauren Bacall and Peter Lawford and, you know, just like these really amazing people and all the people that um, Gilda was working with because I was Gilda's assistant, you know, so she worked on, you know, um, huge New York Times bestselling books like um, uh, Confessions of a Video Vixen and The Pursuit mm-hmm. of Happiness with Chris Gardner. So I got a chance to really work on really big, important campaigns, you know, so I really was able to kind of re- get my feet wet and, and know how to navigate those types of campaigns and those types of people. And then from there, I went to Simon & Schuster, the Atria um, division, where I spent 13 years until and I started there as a publicist and mm-hmm. by the time I left in um, October of 2019 I was an associate director of publicity and at that point I had the blessing of working with everyone from Alice Walker ah uh, which that's was a literary dream right there right oh you made it <laughs> I when, I, when I met Alice Walker and we were sitting there, we were having lunch and it was time to go. I literally got up from the table, went to the bathroom and I sobbed because wow. I could not believe that I was in her orbit, you know, because it's like, you have to remember you go to college and, you know, you, you read, you know, books, reading all these walk. books, right? Yes. And then it's, you're, it's, you're having lunch with her. With Alice, I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to be a fly on that wall. Gosh, it, it was amazing! It was amazing. I got a chance to work with her, I got a chance to work with Entezaki Shangay. I mean, for colored girls, I did for colored girls, yes, college. yes. Every reading that, oh my gosh, watching the plays. I did the play in college. I was a lady in brown in college. So you can imagine it was surreal for me. I got a chance to work with Tanana Reeve Du, whose work I was introduced <gasps> to when Kane I River. was. Oh. G- girl, come on now. Come on now. I, I love that story. Love Joplin's it. Joplin's Ghost, The Good House. Yes. I mean, I got introduced to her when I, I, when I was working at um, Warner Books and then I was obsessed. So when I went to Atria and I found out that they were publishing her, I was like, this is God. This can't be more perfect, you know? And mm-hmm. then I looked at their, um, their list and realized, you know, they, they published so many authors that look like me. 
And I, I, and I said, that's where I need to be. That's where I need to be. And that's where I ended up. And I stayed there, you know, for 13 years. So in my career, in addition to Alice Walker and Intazaki, I got a chance to work with T.D. Jakes, Common, Taraji P. Henson, George Clinton, Charlie Wilson. Okay, come um, on now. Mark Lamont Hill, Zane. Mm. Um, oh, God, uh, who else? Uh, oh, God, so many people. Pearl Clegg. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, you know, in terms of the people that I had the blessing, you know, of working with. Um, Michael Strahan. It just, it, it, it was an incredible, incredible, incredible journey, you know? And, but, you know, remember what I said about um, when it's time for you to pivot and to change that God mm-hmm. somehow comes in and shuts them yes. down. Well, I, mm-hmm. I went into work one day, October of 2019, and my, new boss walked in and basically said, I'm sorry, but your position has been eliminated. Your last day is on Friday. This was Tuesday. Wow. Wednesday. Wednesday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 13 years. Multiple bestsellers. And I was now being told I didn't have a job. And the year before, I had um, battled and won stage four cancer, stomach cancer. Wow. So I was just coming out of that battle. You know, I had been, um, I was declared cancer-free July of 2018. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was there for about another year and change before they actually let me go, you know, but I had worked most, you know, through most of my battle, you know, through my treatments with the exception of a surgery. And then about five weeks when, um, the side effects were really, really bad. And I, I just couldn't work. And I, you know, took some time, but after that I was right back at work. And even in that year, I still had New York Times bestsellers. Nothing fell through the cracks. I also had some amazing, amazing coworkers too who backed me up. So if, you know, if there was any days when I really wasn't feeling well or, you know, they would, you know, they would kind of hold the fort for me um, to give me enough time to, um, you know, to bounce back. And I had an amazing um, boss as well, Paul Osuski, who That helps gave so me, much. Yes, yes. He gave me so much love and so much support and my whole team there, you know, I, I really, I, I can't say enough good things about them. They really held me down. They really supported me. And, you know, they were my biggest cheerleaders and I was able to come back. But, you know, a year later, you know, he was gone. My boss, his position was eliminated. And then um, a year later, my position was eliminated. And I was trying to figure out what was I going to do? I had battled the beast, won. And I thought that was the worst of it. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I had been doing this for 13 years. It's like, what am I gonna do? So um, I got a severance package, thankfully. And then I thankfully. said- I'm glad you yes. got that. Yes, well, I was there for 13 years. So because of that, you know, my, my severance package was, was pretty generous. And that's good, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to take a break. 
take a break, regroup, figure out what I wanted to do. So I decided that, oh, you know what? Since I've worked with so many celebrities, I'm going to to, um, transition into entertainment PR. So I started calling all my friends. Um, My uh, mentor, Gilda, had transitioned into her own business years before. And, um, you know, now she was repping Misty Copeland and she was repping, she is repping um, Angela Bassett and Courtney Vance. So I called her up and I said, hey, you know, um, you know, this is what's going on. Um, you know, if you hear of any opportunities, you know, let me know. And she's like, absolutely. I called, you know, all my friends in the industry and they were like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for you. And then what happens? COVID hit. Oh, COVID. <laughs> so guess what? No entertainment PR for me. Because there were no movies, there were no films, nothing was happening, everything was shut down. Yes. So, so now I was in a real panic because I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? You know, um, director positions in publishing don't come along every day, you know? So I really didn't know what I was going to do. And at the time, I wasn't thinking about freelancing, you know, because there there's so many you know, book PR firms out there, you know? So I, I kind of felt like it was, um, there was just too many book publicists independent out there. And I just kind of felt like there wasn't going to be enough work for me. Yeah. You know, mm, I can imagine that it's a lot of them. A lot, a lot. So, um, I took a job, um, in the contact tracing program, you know, the New York state had gotten a grant from the government. So I was, you know, I was working with a contact tracing program. Um, I, I started as a supervisor and then um, I transitioned into a school specialist where I was a liaison between the school districts and the local department of health. And that was because of my teaching background. So it, it just worked. And I just, you know, I decided to do it. I knew it was a temporary job. You know, the contract was for a year at that particular point. And I figured, you know what, I would do that until I figured out what I wanted to do. It was it was a little bit different. It was like a throwback to my teaching days. It also kind of gave me um, the opportunity to kind of you know use my PR skills, when it, but in a different way. So mm-hmm. I did that, you know, for several months, and then my dear dear friend Victoria Sanders called me up one day and said, "Hey, you know, um, I'm getting ready to speak to a publisher, and they're looking for um, they're looking to work with." Um, some people of color, you know, editorial, marketing, publicity. And I wanted to put your name forth as um, someone, you know, for publicity. And she said, you know, are you freelancing? I was like, you know what? I really hadn't at that point. And she was like, you know, do you want to take, you know, take the opportunity? I was like, absolutely. Because what had happened in, in, in between um, COVID starting and me doing the, um, the contact tracing job, um, George Floyd was killed. Mm, And that started, as you know, you know, this movement, you know, um, you know, Black Lives Matter had already, you know, been huge, but, you know, there was like a resurgence of it, you know, with George Floyd, as we all know. And then there was this whole conversation in publishing and entertainment once again about, you know, publishing and entertainment being so white. So now everybody's scrambling. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're acquiring books by people of color. They're trying they're to look for, they're looking, they're looking <laughs> to, to, to check that box. So, yep. um, but luckily I was, um, I was introduced to a publisher who really, you know, had a commitment, you know, she really wanted, you know, to, um, work with office of color and, you know, wanted me, you know, wanted to hire me to, you know, to assist them, um, helping, you know, to promote those books and, you know, had a great conversation with them. They're, you know, they're top notch, amazing people. You know, it was love, you know, at first sight. Um, I know that they, at one point, you know, wanted me to, to come in house, you know, like, you know, there, there was, a, there was that possibility, but, you know, I decided very early on that that's not what I wanted to do. You know, once I got burned, I was like, mm. that's I all it like, takes, mm. especially in that field. Exactly. I said, no, I don't really want to come in house. Cause I, I really had started to think about, um, how unhappy I was that last year and just, just navigating publishing, um, as it was at that time, you know, working on things that you're not excited about, you know, um, not being able to say what you need to say because you are, you don't want to come off as the angry black woman, you know, kind of thing. So I kind of liked the idea of working independently. So I started doing that. And then one thing led to another and more and more people were calling me and, you know, I, I, it got to the point where, you know, I had more than enough work to do, you know, where I started turning down, you know, um, work. And um, once I, I, you know, took on a certain number of, um, of clients, I realized I couldn't do both jobs at the same time. So I was very grateful, you know, to the public, you know, the, uh, the, contact tracing, you know, job for giving me, you know, the opportunity to kind of figure out, you know, what I wanted to do and to do something a little bit different. But I started having a client now where I could really, you know, venture out on my own. So then I launched my Mm -hmm. own company and I haven't looked back, you know, since. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. River Child Media was born. Yes. River Child Media. Yeah. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. That has been um a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I got all that and I just had one question. I pack up now. <laughs> well, well, like I said, I, I warned you in the beginning. I said, listen, I can talk. I, 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 I love can talk. it. I love it. I love it. Um, I think that so many people will be inspired by your story. Um now that okay, I, I, it's more of a lighter question. So now you've had this opportunity to work with um, celebrities, right? Right. Was there beyond beyond the Alice Walker moment? I know I would have had that moment, but mm-hmm. was there ever a time or in position where you just felt really starstruck? And and just how did you handle that? If it ever oh, happened, oh girl, um, I think. Initially, like when I started, as I um, basically like kind of went up the corporate ladder and, and I was, you know, given more and more responsibility. And as I, you know, got promoted and things like that, I became less starstruck um, because there's also a not sexy side 
you know, to working with, you know, mm. celebrities and, you know, yeah. publicists and managers and, and things like that. So after a while, um, I was, I was definitely less starstruck, you know, um, I think I was more excited about working with like Alice Walker and Tazaki than I was mm-hmm. some of the entertainment people. Like I worked with Kevin Hart. I was on tour with him. He was amazing. I mean, Michael Strahan, like I said, you know, I really worked with some great, great people and it was, they were wonderful experiences. But I honestly think the starstruck was, was Antizaki and Alice for sure. And Pro Plague, you know, I mean, to me, those were real writers, you know, people that I went to school and I read their work and I did papers and analysis and all kinds of things. And here I was working with them. So that was huge for me, especially as a writer, you know, celebrity, celebrity, it's cool. You know, like, I think, um, I loved working with George Clinton the most because I mean, Atomic Dog, I mean, come on yes. now, P-Funk, <laughs> yes. you know, so, and Charlie Wilson also had that effect on me because oh, I was a yeah. huge Gap band, you yes. know, fan. So working with, you uh, know, people like that, Uncle Charlie. <laughs> Uncle Charlie, and he's so, he's so good. He's so beautiful. Um, same thing with, you know, with um, George Clinton, he was like grandpa and his wife was lovely and his team was great to work with. And, you know, same thing with, um, with uncle Charlie, his wife was lovely. His, you know, Michael, his manager and his marketing person, Jenna, you know, it was just, it was so, they made it easy. They weren't diva. You know, they didn't make me crazy. You know, um, they trusted me to do my job and, you know, all the, the books were New York times bestsellers. It was great. It, it was really great. But I, but again, you know, the, the ones that I was like, oh my God, oh my God, was Alice and Entezaki. Everyone else was like, oh, that's cool. That's real cool, you know, um, kind of thing. And also because they were so down to earth and accessible that, you know, of course, you also you have to, after a while, you learn not to fangirl too much, you know, because you have to remain yeah. you know, professional and, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to act like a groupie because at the end of the day, you have a campaign to run and you have to run it yeah. efficiently. So you exactly. really don't have time to do too much fangirling. I think sometimes after when it was all over, I would say to myself, Oh my God, I was on the road with Kevin Hart. Like I was on the road with George Clinton. I was on the, you know, and then it hits you what you've done. You know, I was, yeah. you know, I was chilling after with Common. Yeah. I was, I was chilling with Common, not once, but twice, you know? <laughs> and you're like, like I was hanging with, with Taraji, you know, it was, it's just, it, 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 it hits you. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was really about the work, you know, and making sure that, you know, the, that everyone was, um, aware of the book and loved the book and was saying great things about the book and the tour and coming out to the events and stuff like that. And, you know, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I still do. I still do. Yeah. So that's, um, I, uh, good advice. Definitely don't get, um, <laughs> don't be fan, fangirling too much there. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. we don't want you. We're like, you know what? Maybe we can get somebody else because they're a little <laughs> too, uh, too intense for us. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing you got to work with, like you said, a lot of big names, mm-hmm. but tell me about a time when you worked with someone who maybe necessarily is established in the literary world what was Mm -hmm. one of your I would say favorite opportunities where you got to work with someone who was just getting started 
<sighs> wow. There's so many, um, so many instances. Um, I, as a director, I um, oversaw um, Straybor Books, which um, was an imprint at Atria, um, where um, New York Times bestselling author Zane was the publisher. And, you know, to this day, Zane and I are friends. You know, that's my girl. She's like, nice, you know, nice. I have to say hands down, my favorite author. You know, she if she calls me today and she needs something, it's a no-brainer. I told her, I said, even though I'm no longer at Atria, I'm still your publicist, no matter what, <laughs> you know? Love it. Um, working with her, with Strebor, definitely gave me the opportunity to work with a lot of debut um, authors, you know, people that were, you know, being, definitely being published for the first time or, you know, they had published before, but they, you know, didn't really, you know, hit the big time, you know, that kind of thing. So it was really good, you know, working with, you know, with those authors um, and books. And um, the great thing about those authors is that because they were um, new or they weren't like, you know, huge bestsellers necessarily, they were, um, they were always willing to try something new, you know, like we would, we would, we would experiment you know, with, with different things and say, Oh, you know what, let's try to do this for an event or let's try to do that for an event, or let's try to network with this person and and get this person to sponsor an event. Or, you know, we would just, and this is when social media was just starting to bubble up and become a thing, especially in terms of promoting books. So, you know, we did a lot of experimenting with those authors. So I think, you know, that was really enjoyable for me because especially when I was able to get them placement, you know, like in Essence Magazine or, you know, places that you didn't really see too many of us, you know, and having our books reviewed. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. whenever I was able to get those types of placements, you know, whether it be Essence or Ebony or Jet Magazine at the time or Glamour or any of those magazines, it was like a, it was like a, a, a coup. You know, you're like, oh my God. And I would be so excited to like call the authors and say, oh my God, you know, you're going to be in the May issue of Essence. It's like, oh my God. You know, and wow, they would be so that's happy. So yes. Yeah. Just to get that. Oh my goodness. You probably brighten a lot of people's days with those. Listen, Just that phone call alone. Yes. And the thing is, it made my day. You know, I used to do um, a Soul Train dance down the hallway. When I was able to get somebody, you know, some really cool placement, whether it's it was something mm-hmm. in a magazine or I was able to get them on like Good Morning America or the Today Show or, you know, or something like that. You know, I and to this day, I still do it, even though I work for myself. Like I just um, I'm working with uh, Les Brown um, for and he's doing an event in New York um, on mm-hmm. Saturday and I was hired to help them do some, you know, some PR and I got them the breakfast club you know i did that okay dance, right oh yeah i did that okay oh yeah i, I, I did oh, the yeah. dance you know because it was you yeah. know because it was you know it, and it's it was really about relationships and and knowing people and and having good connections um you know with people and timing you know of course but it's something that he really 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 wanted and it made me feel good that i could make it happen you know for him because it wasn't easy because you know there's so many things going on now you know in the news cycle there was the olympics there was covid Cuomo, yada yada, and there's so many things going there's on. There's a lot to 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 compete with. Exactly. So it was really great to be able to make that you know happen 
you know, for him. So I did my, that, you know, my dance, you know, in my apartment, I still get excited, okay. you know, when I'm able to get that booking, you know, um, you know, for an offer, especially when, you, when, you know, you got to hustle for it, mm-hmm. you know, you got to hustle Definitely. for it. And again, it, you know, it, it helps when you have relationships with people and, you know, it helps when you move and operate from a place of love, because I find that when you put that kind of energy in the universe, it comes back to you. It comes back to you. So and, I, and I've been very, very blessed. Very blessed. I love that. Yes. All, all of that. All, all that. It just, people don't realize how much, you know, just putting something positive out there just really resonates and can change someone's life. And mm-hmm. you are, you've been put in a position where you've had multiple times to not only um, enhance someone else's life, but it, it, it also enhances yours because you're able to just help someone else. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I know a lot of my listeners are in different um, places in their careers or trying to find themselves or trying to find, what would be some advice that you would give people who are just, who may be in some form of transition? What advice? I would say, number one, Trust God. Yeah. Trust God. First, middle, and last. I would not be here if it were not for God and the ancestors, honestly. You know, when I yes. look at, you know, where I came from and my career trajectory, the, the amazing people that I've met along the way, you know, um, the fact that I survived stage four cancer. You know, the fact that I was able to launch this business, you know, successfully and, and still work with amazing people, trust God and, and trust that you are exactly where you need to be. You know, cause sometimes, you know, we, we, we get scared cause I was scared girl. I, I ain't gonna lie. Cause I really didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to do. I wasn't sure if I still even wanted to stay in book publishing, you know? Um, but I had to, and again, I took a beat. I did something else for a little while, but here comes God again, showing up through people, through people. Yes. And I would say the mm-hmm. second thing is be good to people, especially the ones that are there for you when things are not great. The ones who have your back when you have that book that you can't get anybody to pay attention to, you know, when you know, you're, you're struggling to pull together a campaign or you um, have an event and, you know, it looks like hardly anybody's going to show up, you know, but your peoples show up so that, you know, that, that they always show up, you know, there aren't, (laughs) you know, a million empty seats, you know, Mm -hmm. be good to people because you will find that they will show up for you and support you. Sometimes, you know, people that you wouldn't even think. And they do. They still do. I have people that I met very early in my career when nobody cared about Yona then because I wasn't working with the big, you know, the big dogs then. So nobody cared about me. But like my friends, like Radia um, and Aradia, actually, I always pronounce her name wrong. Radia and my girl Orsayer, my girl um, Terry, you know, um, you know, Pete Lashira. I mean, the, 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 you know, the list goes on and on, you know, people 
uh, Nakia. Um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting people, but uh, folks that reviewed my books supported me. You know, Rashonda. Um, there's so many that, like, when I needed, you know, a book reviewed and I needed some type of placement, they were like, Yona, we got you. We got you. Yes. And as yes. their platforms have grown and, you know, my, I, I got to work with bigger and, you know, um, bigger authors and more responsibility. Guess what? When they would say, hey, Yona, could you get me a signed book? Or, you know, could I meet so-and-so? Guess what? All those people that were there for me when nobody cared who Yona was, I, I hook them up and I hook them up to this day. If, nice. if, it's, if it's not, if it's not a signed book, it's a, it's a personal mm -hmm. meet and greet. It's an interview. It's something I try to always, whenever I can give back to those who were there early for me, that still to this day, ride for me. And it doesn't and matter what I'm doing. So important. It's mm -hmm. so important. Love up on those people that support you no matter what and remember them you know, whenever you can, because it's the littlest thing, the littlest thing, you know, you, you think like a signed book is not even a big deal. It's like, oh, you know, but to them, it's everything. And for, and for me, them giving me that support early on was everything to me as a publicist. And I never forgot that. I will never get so big and work with, you know, people that are so large that I forget the people that were there for me when, you know, nobody would even return my phone calls back then early in my career, mm -hmm. you know, but then, you know, then they, they, and to this day, doesn't matter who I'm working with, whether it's, you know, big or small, they love up, they love up on me and they support me. They show up at my events, they promote it, they share it on social media. I mean, it's amazing, you know, what, what they do and continue to do, you know, for me. So I, I would say those things, you know, okay. and always do what you do with love. And joy. Yes. 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 Because yes. when you when you operate from that space, what you get in return is indescribable. It's indescribable. Then you wake up with joy in your heart, and and you go to work happy. You know, you know, because hey, work is work. You know, everybody would love to mm -hmm. be able to you know win the lottery and not have to work and go you know lay on the beach somewhere. But if that's not your circumstance, at least do something that feeds your soul. And right now, what I do with Riverchild Media and the authors that I work with and continue to work with and the media people that I've come to you know, to know and love, I'm, I'm operating from that, that place still. And I still smile every day. I'm still grateful to God and the ancestors every day. And I'm surrounded by colleagues and people who genuinely love me and I love them and hey there's no better place to be than that yes all those gems that you are dropping on the <laughs> listeners today I love it thank you so much You're all welcome. right you have you have just just inspired me and just you have just you made me feel inside like I feel oh, full good. right now I just oh, I'm really I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to come on and talk to us and tell us your story mm -hmm. so um before you go I have mm -hmm. what we call kind of like a lightning round of uh questions and okay. they're just kind of random 
questions. Okay. Just okay. random questions, but I think I'm it gives people a little sense. Although if people have learned a lot about you, I think we can learn a little bit more. Just to spell away answer. Then the I warned you I could run my mouth. I told you that. So don't 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 don't, I love don't it. back don't backpedal now. I already told you I could talk. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I know you met a lot of favorite, a lot of authors, and a lot of different literary people. Mm-hmm. But what is your all-time favorite book? Ooh, The Alchemist by Paulo mm. Coelho. Actually, yes. it's two. It's two. It's The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho and Awakened Woman by Dr. Terry Trent. If you okay. haven't read those books and you want something that literally feeds your soul, that when you, when you read the last word on the last page and you realize that your cup is full because of what you just read, I'm telling you, go get, your, go get yourself some of that. Um, the Alchemist by Paula Coelho changed my life and um, The Awakened Woman by Dr. Tara Rye Trent, who was... Um, who is Oprah's favorite guest of all time. You read those two books, I'm telling you. It's like you will never, you you will embrace life in a way that you never would have thought you would after reading those books. Okay, I'll make sure I put those in the description. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, question. Where do you go when you want to be alone? Oh, that's easy. The beach. Okay. Oh, the beach. Man. That's such a. Oh, I can only imagine how peaceful that must be. The waves. The beach and the in Anguilla. Water. Actually, it has to be mm. in Anguilla. That's that's okay. my happy place. Shout okay. out to all my all right. Anguilla, my my Anguillan friends. You know who I miss because of stupid COVID. I'm, I haven't been able to you know <laughs> to go there, but yeah, a beach in Anguilla. That's my happy okay. place. When I want to be alone, that's where I want to go. Nice, nice. Okay, last question. Mm -hmm. If you could live in a book, a TV show, or a movie, which one would it be? Oh, my God. That's a tough one. If I could live in a book. Or a TV show. I would say either, if it's a TV show, it would be either Living Single (laughs) or um, uh, the Jasmine guy. Um, A different world? A different world. Yes. Yes. I would say those two. Those two right there. Those two. I feel like we're kindred spirits because um, mm-hmm. those were That's the exact true. two that I would have. Because really? those worlds. Yes. I loved, I loved the, the connectedness of all the women on Living Single and the sisterhood. And, the, and they mm-hmm. were just, that was like the first of its kind where you yeah. had young black women just doing the thing and they're working professionals and nobody's like sitting around like, oh, I don't mean. Exactly. I mean, they had those moments, but yeah. you know, it wasn't. Yeah the beginning and the end of, right. you know, or they weren't struggling to, and it, I thought that was beautiful to just see, mm-hmm. you know, that there were some working professional black people in, um, in New York. Exactly. Who knew? 
exactly exactly <laughs> because i think the uh the um they they had it first uh friends mm -hmm. may have sprinkled Correct. some people here and there but Correct. they were the blueprint absolutely and then oh my gosh and who who didn't love a different world I, I that whole i i still to this day i watched and they even just did a, a quick reunion thing that mm -hmm. they had like they were all together well as many of them as they could be i think um the one who played uh um, Kim, she couldn't make it, but she was on the the camera on the mm -hmm. you know during the COVID. I think they filmed it and stuff. But just to see, and they still have a, a strong camaraderie. I would love to see that reboot. I mean, I know it'd be a lot different now, but yeah, there's yeah. just so many stories that they that you could still tell with that cast. Absolutely, and it was amazing cast. So yeah, absolutely, I love them, love them, love them. Mm -hmm. All right, well, um, I just want to thank you again so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're a very busy woman and I appreciate you and mm -hmm. our audience, the listeners appreciate you. Mm -hmm. So, um, excuse me. If you, um, you've been a delightful guest and if you have any, um, any projects that you're working on that you want to share with us or any way that we can, can support you, mm -hmm. where can we, if we wanted to contact you, you know, anything that you want to leave with us, leave us with. Oh, wow. Um, um, you know, anybody wants to contact me for a consultation or, um, you want to know how you can work with me or keep, you know, keep, um, updated in terms of what I'm working on. You can go to riverchildmediallc.com. Um, I, you know, I'm Riverchild Media on Instagram um, and Facebook. So you can always find me there. I, you know, I, I definitely need to post more often and I will be, but, you know, you can definitely um, find me there. Um, in All terms right. of projects, I'm working on a bunch of great stuff. You know, I've worked with uh. Jason Mott. On his book, on his mm -hmm. book, um, Hell of a Book, which was a Today Show pick for July. I'm working okay. with um, Kia Corthron and her book, uh, The Moon and the Mars, which is an amazing historical um, novel. Um, okay. I am also working um, with um, Tim Todd on a book on um, the history of Black banks that I'll be working on Ooh. in the spring. Okay. I'll be working with... Um, a uh, sister called, her name is Atiba. Uh, sorry, Atiba, I can't remember your last name right now, but um, it's called Ain't That a Mother? Um, that's, you know, coming out in May of next year. And I'm also going to be working with Viola Davis um, <sighs> on her upcoming memoir <laughs> in April. Yes, so that's just a, a small her. sampling okay. of yes. um, books that I'm going to be um, working on. Oh, well, I am so excited for all. Mm -hmm. And I wish you the best mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. all of your future projects. I know they're going to be amazing. You mm -hmm. have been an amazing guest. And thank I just you. want to say, I can't even say how many thank yous <laughs> for you oh, being you're on. Oh, no, Thank you for having me. Was, yes. Hope I didn't talk too much, girl. <laughs> oh, no, you were great. You were great. I, I, I could talk to you probably all night, especially, oh, my gosh, there's so many connections. Um I, I completely connected with um, the working in the education field, getting let go of in the, you know things, people setting you up for failure. I've been through all of those things, and I just like I'm just sitting here like, oh my god, I went through that. <laughs> Someone yeah. else can understand and 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 how you and you get to that point where you're someone you feel like someone they think they're trying to sabotage me. I'm like, 
Oh, right. But anyway, right. I, we we have to talk a lot. I could talk forever about that. Stuff. I know, but, but I have I, one more one more book to plug. Um, oh, go go, by, go go Yes, one more book um, by the amazing Chloe and Chloe. Please forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name your last name wrong. wrong Lavuzo, um, and her okay. book is uh, Life I Swear. She actually has a podcast of the same name, and she has okay. this beautiful, beautiful compilation. It's it's like a coffee table book, but it's essays. Um, based on, you know, interviews of amazing women that she's had on her podcast. And, you know, that book, you know, goes on sale in November. So I'll be working with her on that book as well. I love to, I I really get excited about working with women of color in particular and telling their stories. So I'm really excited about working with um, with Chloe. I'm excited about working with Atiba. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot more to come from River Child Media and Collective Five Entertainment, which is a literary talent um, and, you know, production company um, that I work with, you know, with four other amazing professionals. You know, we do books, we do TV, we do children's programming, we do publishing, we do marketing, you know, so there's a lot more um, coming from Yona and Riverchild Media and Collective Five Entertainment, you know, so much more to come. So. Stay tuned, my dear. You, you might invite me on, you know, um, at a later date and I could talk about some of the other projects, you know, that um, that I'll be working on. But, you know, some, some stuff, the ink, you know, the ink isn't uh, dry yet. Dry on yet. Certain, mm-hmm. On certain contracts, so I'm, I'm not at liberty to um, share certain things. But, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot more exciting things, you know, coming from um, coming from me and, you know, my company. So, and I'm really excited. You know, 2022 is going to be lit. <laughs> amazing and i can't wait to, i would love to have you back again i know once the listeners hear this episode they'll be like oh my gosh you would definitely have to connect with her again she's amazing um but i just want to thank you thank everyone for joining us and i want everyone to tune in every thursday at 10 a.m for a new episode and until we meet again i'm your host nikki c and remember it's time to get back to dreaming again if not now then win. Yeah.